Now, one of the, the tensions that I uh, recognized as a Boy Scout was the challenge when going backpacking to bring as little with you as possible. But that tension with the Boy Scout motto of be prepared. How could I be prepared if I don't have very much in here? Now, and those of you that know me well know that just by personality, I like, I like junk. Like stuff that you would call junk, I think, but I'll probably use that again. Now, it could be 30 years since I've used that piece of junk, but I think I might still need it, which meant when I would pack my backpack as a scout, I would think, well, if I'm going to be prepared, there are all sorts of scenarios you could encounter in the wilderness. Now, admittedly, the wilderness of New Jersey is not all that frightening, but when we traveled out to, to the west, to New Mexico, for, for uh, uh, 10 days of camping, we actually had to take our packs at base camp before we were allowed to leave base camp, and they, they hung our packs up on a big hook to show how much they weighed. And there was some sort of ratio that was supposed to be managed between your size and the size of your bag. But immediately the problem was recognized because, as my wife can attest, I was not this size way back then. This growth spurt happened much later. And so my pack, which seemed to be about the size of the other scouts, which seemed good to me to be prepared, was much too big for me to carry. So I had to dump out lots of material, leave it at base camp. I had to rely on my fellow scouts that they would have this piece of equipment if we were going to need it. I had to actually, you know, think through with my tent mate. Okay, if, you're gonna, if I'm going to carry this part of the tent, you carry that part of the tent. Because when you are carrying everything with you, when you are living in a tent, you don't want to take too much stuff along. And so, so there's a detail I want you to notice as we turn to Genesis 12. I'm going to read a, a few verses from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 8. But I want you to notice that we're told that Abraham is living in tents. That's what this chapter tells us. But then Abraham does something unusual for a nomadic tent dweller. He purposefully builds, builds altars, physical altars on which a sacrifice could be made. Why would a man who's meant to be traveling lightly leave a permanent monument? So listen as I read. We'll see the grace of God in the call to Abram and Abram's response. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 of Genesis 12, and then we'll jump down to verse 6. Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We see Abraham's obedience, and now let's jump to, chapter, to verse 6 of chapter 12. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were living in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the, the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord, then Abram set out and continued toward the Negev. So just notice that detail. It's actually given to us twice because it happens in two different locations. 
that in response to the blessings of God, Abram stopped and built an altar there to Yahweh, an altar to the God who had rescued, who had called him, a God who had made promises to him. And, and on Thanksgiving, what I want us to notice here is often I, I think of giving thanks as a sort of passive action. So, I mean, I'm actually doing it. I'm giving thanks, but I'm just sort of sitting back and, you know, pushing my chair back from the table and saying, well, look at all the stuff around me. Maybe I should stop and just do a little something here, a little word of thanks to the Lord. Thanksgiving, sometimes in my heart or in my actions, is a very small response. It's sort of the way that maybe you've had a, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, a child who's who you've done something for, and they, they mutter a, oh, hey, thanks. And you're not really sure if they mean it or if it was just sort of like, I guess that's the polite way to end the conversation and we can each go our own way now, where the thanks doesn't really seem all that thankful. Because often I think our thanksgiving costs us very little. No, I'm not saying the words of testimony we bring today aren't meaningful. What I, what I want us to do is, is look at the attitudes of our hearts. And so what do we see in, in Abram? We see as he hears the blessing of God in verse 4, he obeys God's commands and goes where God leads him. And then in verses 6 and 8, Abram's response to the promises of God that, that God would bless him and make him a blessing to the peoples, all peoples of the earth, in verses 6 and 8, we're told that Abram built an altar there to the Lord. A response of gratitude to God for what he has done, but a costly one. This isn't just a, a quick and simple thank you. This is a, nom a nomad, a, a nomadic herdsman who stops, pitches his tents, and then says, out of stone, I, I live in tents of, of animal skins, but out of stone I will stop to build an altar to the Lord. A physical, permanent structure here. A place where I can come and bring offerings before the Lord, where I can express my thanks to God. See, on your way into church today, we, I didn't check your goats and your lambs at the door to make sure that they were spotless. And so sometimes we, we feel like when we come to worship, it feels easy to us. Now, maybe not terribly easy. You had to get up early on a morning when you could sleep in. You had to rouse the kids and drag them here. But sometimes it cheap for us to show up. And so our words of thanks become cheap. But for Abram, as he looked at the blessing of God, he had to respond by building an altar, by offering sacrifice to the Lord. A reminder to us of the great cost that salvation is. Because it will unflow in the Old Testament. Why are there altars here? We don't yet have the, the sacrificial system which will be given to the people of God. It's because the forgiveness of sins requires the shedding of blood. It's why if we turn to, to the New Testament book of Romans, that the Apostle Paul will use this language of offering ourselves as sacrifice. When we see what God has done for us in the past, then we are willing to give ourselves to God. Thanksgiving is more than just a word. It's an attitude. It's a response. It's, it's even in the words of that song we sang, Jesus, thank you. It's that Recognition, God, you have done this for me. Now I want to live for you. 
think of the biblical command that the Apostle Paul gives in Romans 12. He says to the church, to Christians, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Give yourself to the Lord, your bodies. Everything about the way you live should be transformed in thanksgiving for what God has done for you. And remember where Romans 12 falls in Paul's argument. It comes after Romans 5. Now, that's obvious to even the children in here that 12 is bigger than 5. But if we, if we jumped back to, to chapter 5, we would be reminded we are, in chapter 12, we give ourselves as sacrifices because God has already sacrificed his son for us. Think of those great and expansive promises of Romans 5 given to all who believe in Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And then in verse 12, Paul summarizes, or verse 8 of chapter 5, Paul summarizes, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see the pattern of Christian thanksgiving. We see what God has done. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave himself for you. We offer our, ourselves in, in joyous worship. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God in Romans 5. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices in Romans 12. We follow the pattern set by Abram. We see God's blessing. We respond in worship, but it's in many ways a costly worship. Because what is God asking you to do to, to Abram? Go, leave everything behind. But we see the promises given to Abram that God was blessing the nations through him. And so the words of thanksgiving are not meant only for us. They're not only meant inside a church service. They are meant for us to spread to the world. You and I as the church are meant to be a blessing to the nations. Our thanksgiving, our testimony of what God has done, our sacrificial attitude of going to the nations and giving thanks to God, that's what that's what Thanksgiving looks like. So as we today offer words of thanks this morning, as you today around the table with family and friends gathered offer words of thanks, consider not merely the words that God is asking you, asking you to give, but consider the way in which he is calling you to give your life. We give thanks and we build altars to the Lord. We give ourselves as living sacrifices to God. Let me pray that God would apply his word to our hearts. Father in heaven, we rejoice in the hope of the gospel. We give you thanks for all that you have done for us, that Jesus Christ died for us while we were still sinners. We rejoice in the hope of the resurrection, that Jesus has been raised from the dead by your power. And so, Lord, use that power to transform us. Let us be men and women a church that are bold in our proclamation of your gospel, willing to give everything for your sake, to give our lives in response of gratitude to you, thanking you for the gift that has been given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we come giving you pra praise in Jesus' name. Amen.